Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new door, a new set of windows can do a lot of things for you to change vibe of your home, the feeling of your home, the look of your home. Plus, it can do two other pretty important things. It can add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to literally any home and working with Pella second to none. So now is the time. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. You guys know I was a quarterback in high school, but you know I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, when it comes time to get my grub game right, whether it's lunch, dinner, whatever, I believe in establishing the Runza game. It's an original Runza cheeseburger that's onion rings, double-dipped in the homemade batter, a little bit of pop to top it all. Oh, my God. Goodness, I got goosebumps thinking about it. You know, in football, you establish the run. At lunch, you establish the runza. It's that simple. Get to runza today and get yours and tell them your pal, your buddy, Nick Baugh, sent you. All right, uh, on the pod today, got a real special one um, for you guys. Barrett Rude, one of my best friends on earth, but most importantly for this podcast conversation, inside linebackers coach at Nebraska. You know, Nebraska, obviously, right now, they're a couple weeks away from their season kicking off at Ohio State, so they're right in the middle of camp. And Barrett was kind enough to take some time out, chat with me. Uh, I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. We talk about a bunch of different stuff. We talk about the defense. Uh, we talk about the linebackers. We talk about Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. We talk about what it takes to get better in close games, we, we, uh, what it's been like structuring camp when it's condensed and there's not as much time, but you got to get the hitting in and in full pads. Just We even discuss Alex Gordon at the end of the pod. We cover it all, man. This was fun. I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy this. So let's get to it. Here is my podcast chat with the all-time tackle leader in Husker football history, the inside linebackers coach at Nebraska, my buddy, Barrett Rude. On the line now, Barrett Rude. I think the uh, we were just kind of talking. The last time I think I talked to you, we were probably doing some Zoom session, drinking beer or something like that. Like I'm glad that's – at least that's kind of over and we got some – football and a season to talk about i mean that's good right we're making progress yeah i mean and that's i mean we're way ahead of where we were i think we had a a zoom like uh it was like a zoom date night yes um the game was called quiplash i had to google it it was a great game it was a good game it was fun yes um but that's where we were you know it was uh, that was probably what was that april or may i don't know i don't know probably Um, yeah like late april we were we we did it twice i think yeah it was it was it was good but, you know, I mean, this is – at least we have football. At least we know we have a season to talk about. Like, we're yeah. making progress. It feels you know, like incremental progress. We're making progress here. It feels we're, we're miles away of where we were, uh, you know, like you said, when we were playing Whiplash on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> I 
I will. I always tell people like during during the kind of the the quarantine like heart of it all. I got ridiculously into wine, way too into it, and I bought a bike so I could haul Mava around on a trailer. Just by, so like I got way into biking and and drinking wine. Is there anything you you were into rowing in your basement? Like what else did you get into? Oh, you get the, yeah, the basement workouts got pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, I I honestly think I've. I think I've had a glass or two of wine and I think I've grilled a steak every Saturday night since um, COVID started. I, I, I don't know if I've missed one in all honesty. So that's kind of been my little thing. Uh, and then I, I, I've been going on, a t- I, at least for a while, I went on a ton of like ridiculously long walks yes. with my uh, two boys. Cause they, you know, when you're, when you were, especially when this thing started, you were home with them and um, you were you know, trying to find a way to entertain a oh. two and a four year old at the time. And, uh, so we, we'd go on these long rides. I'd push them in a wagon. And then one day, uh, my youngest just said, I'm not doing it anymore. You're not pushing <laughs> me around for an hour. So, uh, but that was, yeah. Other than that, I mean, then I, I did get a little, a lot of golf in for yes. uh, this summer as well, because I mean, when you had to socially distance, there's probably not much you know better to do than golf or maybe fish. Yes. So thank God, yeah, because I got to play. I got to play a pretty good amount of golf with my dad, and that was huge. Like those, just getting outside, finding ways to kill time, whether it's on the bike, golfing, whatever. Like it, you, if you, thank, thank God. I mean, obviously, because obviously the way the virus spreads, like you can be, it's good to be outside. But like, if this, thank God, you could be outside. If we had to be cooped up oh. the whole time, it'd have been ten times worse. Well, and you know, if you really think about it, twenty twenty has been a great weather year. Yeah, um, we really had good weather in Nebraska. I mean, there. You know, when this thing started, and even in March, I mean, it, w- it was pretty good weather then, right. and um, you know, the summer was great. Um, and really, this fall has been awesome too. So, I mean, it, it being outside, yeah. If, if we were stuck inside for uh, a quarant- extended quarantine session, <laughs> it would really would have been rough. Have you, you know, we're talking about all this stuff here. Have you felt a heightened sense of love and appreciation from everyone, players and coaches, day to day now? I mean, like. The pandemic has kind of taught us perspective on appreciating things that we took for granted. Like, and then football was almost completely taken away. And so when you get something like that, even back, like, have you felt even for you and your staff, like there's just a, there's an appreciation just to, to be able to show up to work and like coach. Oh yeah. And, and you know, it's funny cause it, that's happened like four times, you know, it's first we had an appreciation just to go back into our offices um, you know, we couldn't even go back in our right. offices for, I mean, it had to have been months. Um, and then, you know, then all of a sudden you're, you're getting ready to practice a real practice. Um, and then all of a sudden it was taken away from you. And then you do all this work, not knowing if you're going to be able to play or not. And then you do see you get to play. So it, it, it's really, it's happened multiple times now. Um, so yeah, you definitely appreciate it because, um, sometimes you can really get into a, and I am, I'm a routine oriented oh, guy <laughs> and you get out of that routine, uh, all of a sudden, yeah, you, you take some things for granted for sure. I want to talk about – there's a bunch of stuff I want to touch on here. Re- the recruiting challenges for you guys during the pandemic. I want to t- talk me through a few of them because, like, obviously at a place like Nebraska, the biggest selling point, I have to imagine, is getting people on campus to see a game, to see the city. And when you can't do that, that's, that's hard. Like, what's, what's recruiting been like for the past six months? Well, you said it exactly because, you know, you and I were both from Lincoln. We grew up, you know, kind of in the Husky. Basically, we grew up Huskers. Yes. Um, but it, what's shocking is that, you know, and this is everybody, but when 
uh, you know, when, when, when you haven't been to the state and you haven't seen a seen Memorial stadium, or you've seen the university, um, everybody, they think, they think it's one big cornfield with a stadium. <laughs> I tell you, everybody says the same thing. Like I had no clue it was like this. And, you know, we grew up here and we knew what it was like. So it, it's almost kind of shocking that people think that, but right. that's really the way it is. And, you know, if you, you know, if you're growing up in Florida, you're growing up in California, I mean, you know, Nebraska is a little bit of a flyover state and, yep. and most people haven't been there. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt the number one, um, recruiting tool we have is just, you know, selling, you just see what it's like on game day and you see what all the facilities are like. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely been a big challenge when guys can't see that in person. Um, so we, uh, you know, we try to go out and, uh, we try to go out and, uh, you know, get, you know, do as much as we can to kind of get, give them the next best thing, you know, right. making videos and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So it, it's definitely been a challenge, but, you know, but everybody's going through the same thing. Uh, you know, even the, even the schools that, um, normally get kids on campus all the time, you know, they got the same problem, you know, right. recruiting what you want to see people in person because, you know, players, they, they want to get a comfort level from their coaches. And when you can't see them in person, you know, then you gotta, you gotta find a way to be the next <laughs> best thing, which is, you know, basically FaceTime. You know, I, I was, I was watching your, your media session the other day and like your coaching style strikes me as pretty cerebral, meaning you're not, you're not a guy that's going to play the card and like, Hey, Hey Johnson, Grow a pair and get it done. You know, <laughs> you're uh, Johnson. You knew, you knew I didn't like Johnson. <laughs> Johnson, be a man and get it done. You're, you're like, you're going to think about the issue. Ask, how can I get these guys to better understand the concept of our plan to better allow them to make a play? Like, I guess, is that true? And how do you balance, like, because sometimes this solution is like, you got to get tougher. You know what I mean? But sometimes yeah. the solution is you got to like actually teach. How do you, how do you balance those two things? You know, I've always been a believer and this is just with the coaches that I came up with is, you know, if you're a yeller, all of a sudden the yelling really gets tuned out. Right. If it's, you know, I mean, you better be a great coach if you're going to be yelling all the time uh, because, uh, you know, I've always felt that when a coach doesn't yell very much, when he does speak up all of a sudden, like, okay, now I, I did something really wrong. Like I need to fix this. Um, so I've always believed that first and foremost. And also that's just not me. I'm not a yelling type. Right. Um, no, I mean, you know, you'll have your moments where you get frustrated and you, and, and you got to get on a guy a little bit, but for the most part, that's what you are is you're a teacher. You're trying to explain things and you know, you got to demonstrate it and then you got to be able to uh, explain it to them because um, you know, with football, man, it's, uh, there's a lot of, sometimes the game gets too complex, but it's on us to make it uh, simple. You know, I was sitting down to kind of write, write out some questions and like, you know, obviously we're going to get into turning the page into this year, but you got, I, I want to kind of go reflective here for a second through the first two years. This is probably a tough one to answer, but is there a loss? Think of the first two years in Nebraska. Is there a loss for you guys that you think hurt or derailed you guys the most? Is there one that, that stands out as like, man, that one really knocked us off our course or stung, or it took a while for us to get over that one. Is there one that jumps out at you? Oh, uh, you, you know what? And this is the honest answer. There's not one. There's, there's about six. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, we, we've lost way too many close games, um, you know, and I mean, shoot last year. I mean, we, we could so easily have been, uh, an eight or nine win team easily. Um, you know, but it just, you, it, it boils down to about five or six plays, 
And um, that's usually what games boil down to. So um, that's something we've looked at really hard is, you know, um, you know, it's not like we're not going to be in close games this year, um, but we have to win close games. And, um, you know, there's not one game that I look at and said, that's the one. Right. But there, there, there was, I mean, I know last year there's four at least that were, you know, last possession games, you know, that that we easily could have won those games. So um, that, that's a big deal for us is looking to make sure that, you know, we win close games now. Yeah, because I mean that's what I wrote it down. So in in games decided by seven points or less, you guys are three and nine in the first two years. And yeah. I mean, you look at that. I mean, like you said, that's that's a grand total of you know four or five plays each game, and that can flip. And I got, how much is that? How much is that mental? Like I, I keep on pointing at this team. Look at Minnesota last year, Barrett. I'm not sure. You, I, I'm, I bet you did because you were scouting. But like, you look at their first three games of the season: South Dakota State, Georgia Southern, and Fresno State. They won all those games like in the last minute of the game or in overtime, and it kind of got them confident. And it and they go on to have a great year. Like, how much do you think when you look at that the the close games and, and struggling them? How much is it like mental more so than physical? Oh yeah. And, and I, I think it's college level, especially momentum is such a big deal and, and belief is even a bigger deal. Um, you know, it, it just, yeah, you know, honestly, I mean, it was the same thing that we got into at UCF the second year. I mean, um, all of a sudden you start playing well, um, then all of a sudden your mind, there's no way you can lose a game. Um, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, same thing goes. And I've, I've been on this as a player too, where all of a sudden, you know, you lose a couple of close games and um, you may start thinking, oh, here we go again. One bad play happens. You kind of think, here we go. Um, and and, all, and that's one thing we've, you know, we've talked about that a lot, too. It, it just comes down to, you know, you have to be that much better with your technique and you have to have your your good players really step up and make big plays when momentum doesn't go your way. Right. You know, you know what's hard about the, the the thing that's frustrating about this situation is like, you, you know, you're trying to get back to you talked about where you it's mental and you you expect to win. You think you're going to win. You're trying to become a winning program again. And like the only way to become a winning a program is to win. You yeah. know, like you have to just find a way to win those games. So it's tough. Like in some ways, I don't know if you know what you guys can do in practice. Sure, you can simulate things. All right, guys, you know, it's it's tie game. Two minutes left. You can do a lot of competitive things. But like ultimately, it's got to happen in a game. And there's. I don't know. There's just like you can do all you can as a coach, but at some point those guys got to go out there and do it. And that's a that's a tough it's just a, it's a tough predicament. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, all you can fall back on is is ingraining habits so well that you don't know any other way to do it. And that's and that's what football is anyway. It's just a bunch of habits and you get so good at those habits that no matter what the situation, you can execute it at a high level. But, but like you said, then at some point that has to happen. And then when that happens, they really believe in those habits that much more. Right. And it does. It, it becomes easier. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, like you said, we you, you, you do all you can in practice to ingrain those habits. And then um, you're hoping that when, when it does come time where pressure uh, pack situations show up, that those habits just carry over. I want to talk about the quarterbacks for a second. I mean, Adrian Martinez, I mean, there's no – it's no – Secret. I mean, he said it. Frost has said it. He struggled a little bit last year. But in his defense, you know, I think he was, you know, he was banged up. He was hurt. 
He had a new center who's really talented, but I mean, he had never played center before in his in his career. Dedrick Mills kind of didn't settle in until late, and Maurice Washington had his issues. You didn't have Stanley Morgan, who was a good deep threat. Wondell Robinson gets banged up in his shuffling positions. And, oh, by the way, all while that's happening, the pressure and the hype around him skyrocketed. So I know, like, sometimes you... Sometimes excuses and reasons are like branches from the same tree. Like, and I guess it's all how you want to look at them. But like, I guess how do you see Martinez? Because I still think that guy's got a boatload of talent, man. Yeah. So Adrian, um, the, the number one thing about him is he's such a good dude. Um, he, he's a guy that guys want to be around. Um, so I mean, he said he was a little bit up and down last year, but. You know, uh, I, I think that's sort of that, that sort of a thing. You, you, you get a renewed sense of urgency put on you. Um, and I got, it, like the same thing with me as a player. I've been there before too, where, you know, you, you get an injury. Um, and when you play with an injury, you're never the same, you know. Right. And um, and that's one of the things I've always loved about football. And, and until you play a high-level sport like that, that's something that, you know, you, 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 most people don't understand is that, you know, when you're hurt and you're playing hurt, yeah, you're hurt, but you're expected to play the exact same way. Right. And that's just, and that's part of the deal. And that's one, it's one of the things I really enjoy about football too, because, um, you know, I, I look back and I, I remember specifically oh, my career, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you watched me when I had my one arm out yes. there trying to play Tennessee. And I, I, wa- I wasn't the same guy, but I was actually really proud of that year because, you know, I, I easily could have tapped that. I easily could have said, I'm not playing uh, with this thing, but, I was like, oh, I'll play with this thing. You right. know, Rondé Barber used to play with it. Derek Brooks used to play with it. I'll do that. But it's, you know, the rest of the people, they just see you playing, but you know that you're you're not 100%. You know totally what I mean? agree. Um, and, and that's something that I, I think the game, I think this game, that's one of the things I really enjoy about football. And, um, you know, I, I think Adrian, yeah, he got banged up a little bit, but, um, you know, I think he, uh, I think he's got a renewed sense of urgency, which is going to be really good. And then, um, you know, him and, and Luke competing in practice has been great for him as well. Yeah, I want to talk about Luke because there's, you know, he he kind of seems to have an energy around him. Like w- the team really re- seems to react to him. And I don't I, there's something there's something to that. Like when he's in the game, you feel him in there. What like what do you see with McCaffrey? Yeah, he's he, he's a high. You're exactly right. He's a high energy dude. He's he's a little bit like a, uh, like a defensive guy playing quarterback in a way, you know, he's yeah. almost like a linebacker playing quarterback. Um, but he's fun, man. He just, you know, he comes from that great pedigree. Um, you know, the McCaffrey's are, they're all studs, um, you know, and, and, and he's grown up around it, you know, he just knows it. So he, he's been really fun. He, he does bring a great energy to practice. Um, and he's like Adrian too. He's just a great, he's a great dude to be around and it's fun to watch them push each other too. It's really been it's really been a good deal, and you hope you hope that uh, as as you keep getting further along in the program, that every position's like that, where you got guys that are that good at dudes, that, that high energy, that are truly pushing each other, because um, that's how a lot of, that's how good things happen. I, you said uh, you you made a comment the other day that it's one thing some guys can run forty yards one time really fast, and some guys can run forty yards really fast 50 times and you were thinking you're talking about rhymers but you you threw luke in that category as well he said luke's one of those guys is he like when you're putting a pen to paper and think about hardest workers is he one of is he one of the hardest guys uh, that that brings it every day in terms of just having that kind of motor 
Yeah, he does. He and he does. He's got that nonstop motor, and he's and he doesn't take a day off. You know, it's just and he really he's what you know he's what you're trying to you know have your program be about is about guys that just every single day they show up and it's the same, and you want the same to be really really good. Um, you know, so he he's he's awesome in that regard. You know, he he just loves being around. He loves football, and uh, you know, like I said, that you never if you see him on a Monday or you see him on a Thursday, <laughs> it looks the exact same every day. Which is, you know, that's that's the goal of what you want your guys to be like. How do you, Bear? How do you improve in, on special teams? I mean, because that's obviously got to get better. I mean, the kicking situation has kind of just been plain like unfortunate, you know, with what's happened at that position, and that makes a you know there's a domino effect with that. But you know, whether it's kickoff coverage or whatever, what's the key to getting better on special teams? Well, number one, you, you got to keep getting good players in the program because um, you know I, I've always thought that you know uh, if you got enough players, you know. You, how you can't have good players covering kicks and punts, you know, you got to get the right guys in there. Um, and then you get, you got to get guys that want to do it too. You know, I think, I think that was a little bit of a, of an issue is we just didn't have enough guys that wanted to do it. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, shoot, I, uh, I, I know now, um, after a few years of recruiting and stuff, we just got a lot more capable guys that mm-hmm. can cover kicks. Cause you know, uh, really last year, you know, we were pretty dang good on punt rush. Yep. Um, I don't know where we were in kick return, but where we, you know, where we didn't do as well was kickoff coverage. And that, in my opinion, that that's a, a recruiting thing. And it's just about getting enough guys in here that are capable of doing it. And then you got to give them to want to do it too. So I think we're, I think we're a lot better off in that regard because we got more guys that are just capable of running down really fast and, and tackling because that's all, that's all it is. You, you said the other day, that you know, linebacker play is about striking blocks and tackling, and then you you went on to kind of talk about how you you've kind of made some subtle tweaks, whether it's in teaching or in the system or whatever, about leverage and understanding where your help is coming from for your linebackers and your kind of your back seven guys that helps you tackle. Take me further inside those things because when I heard you say that, that intrigued me, and I wanted to kind of learn more as to what you know understanding where your help is and how that helps you tackle well okay here's a here's a good example like say say you're gonna go tackle um i'll just feel like a, an old guy since that's all i remember like <laughs> you're gonna tackle Willie, Willie peppy <laughs> from omaha tech in 1920 <laughs> <laughs> i'm so bad right now you know i don't know anybody new anymore say quan barkley there right? you go yeah say quan barkley i know him uh, but no, say you're you're going to tackle a really good player out in the open field. Well, you know, if you're out there and you're by yourself and you got to make a tackle in, say, it's a 30 yard window, like that's really hard to do. And to have a true tackling technique, I mean, say what you want, you can't just run full speed and take a dive at the guy, right? Because that probably won't work. At the same time, you can't do the old breakdown and chop your feet because you're just going to run by you. Um, so one of the things I think gets lost a little bit is you always have to have a tackling plan and, and hopefully in your defense, it's all built in. So, you know, for example, in your coverages, knowing, okay, I'm in a zone coverage. I know I'm going to have a, a player outside of me and I'm coming inside out. I can go in a beeline and just know if I just take away half of this guy and make sure he doesn't cut back inside, I can go as fast as I can because if I miss – I'm going to miss right into my help. 
Right. And then, you know, that gives you the confidence where, okay, if I miss, yeah, I'll miss, but he's not going to run for 60 yards. He's going to miss and go right into a tackle. Gotcha. Um, whereas, you know, if you're in man coverage, you know, and you're not very close to your man, then all of a sudden, like you said, you have no help when you tackle. So your help with man coverage is you better be right next to your man and give him no space. So little things, little right. things, you know, where we're hopefully, you know, adjusting some coverages to not only take away routes, but uh, gain helpers when you're tackling. God, that's so um, interesting. Little things like that, yeah. I think. You know, because you got to spend a lot of time with that because, you know, you can draw up a lot of defenses to take away uh, three different routes, but all of a sudden they throw a check down and it's a one-on-one tackle with, uh, you know, a really good player in 30 yards of space. So is that a good defense or is that a bad defense? Right. You know what I mean? So right. um, stuff like that. That's, that's you know, that's where you spend a lot of time working on is just putting guys in position to succeed. Right. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast uh, to talk to you about my good friends at Runza. Everybody huddle up right now. Take a knee, get, get in close, because I'm back with another confidential, super secret menu item from Runza. Our friends at Runza are hooking me up with the download, the drive through deets on their off-menu items, and they're giving me permission to share them with you. Today, this is uh, one that's near and dear to my heart because it's a twist on Runza's amazing crinkle fries, which are, of course, my favorite, best best fries on the planet. This one comes from the bottom of my heart. It's Runza's chili cheese fries. That's some legendary Runza crinkle fries topped with their homemade chili and cheddar cheeses. Let me say that again in case you passed out just from thinking about it. Legendary crinkle fries, homemade chili, shredded cheddar. Oh my gosh, it's a cheat day miracle. It's a side that eats like a meal. And it's on the menu about as much as, I don't know, a four-year senior is on the roster for Coach K. That's because it's only on the super secret menu at Runza, which they're letting me share with you here on the Nick Bob Podcast. So stop in and order the chili cheese fries and tell them your pal, your buddy, Nick Bob sent you. And while we're here, want to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. Even though we're still in the midst of, the, of a pandemic, Pella can safely make your window and door remodeling dreams come true. Pella is following CDC guidelines and taking safety extremely serious to give you the peace of mind that when you're inside the Pella showroom or a Pella worker is inside your home, everyone is safe. And they are even offering temporary special financing options. So safety, check, potential savings, check. So right now is the time. Sure, you've been cooped up in your house and you realize that your window needs some updating. You need a new door. Make it happen. Add value to your home. Make your home energy more energy efficient and turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Back to the podcast. It is as simple as see ball, get ball, but it's also there's a lot of complexities within the process of arriving at getting, you know, bringing a guy to the ground. Like, that's just that's interesting to me because sometimes we want to it's it never it, it's you can't oversimplify it, but you also it's get it's got to be more complex than just, hey, you know, run after it and go get them. Like, there's got to be a little bit more. Yeah. Time. And, you know, it, it also I hear this a lot like, you know, a lot of times I hear talking about how bad tackling is nowadays well i mean it's never been harder to tackle because of all the space people put you in right you know if you go watch if you go watch a game from you know 1980 um everybody was tackling in about a two-yard area 
And, and in all honesty, it's a lot easier to tackle in a two-yard area than it is, you know, when you got to when you got to go tackle a guy in twenty yards of space. That, then it gets really hard. Everything's an open field tackle. So um, a lot of what we try to do is have plans where guys know exactly, you know, where their help's going to come from. That lets them play a couple steps faster and lets them be more confident going in. Because, like I said, then they know it's not. Oh, if I miss if I miss this tackle, there ain't nobody else around. He's going to go for. 50 yards well no i got help right outside me or right inside me and i can be really aggressive and if i miss that my my buddy's going to clean them up you know you're so right i you know because bo and i are doing the our little our husker classic recap so we're going back and watching all these old games and you know i, I watched the the 1978 oklahoma nebraska game with john rude baby in the hit oh yeah but oh yeah i mean that game was a bar fight like it literally, it was, yeah. it was these guys, everyone's split. The game was played inside the hashes. Oklahoma threw the ball twice the whole game. Like it, it's football has just changed so much. Like what do you, within that change? So what's the key to being good on defense now? Because I think sometimes we view defense through the lens of 1975. Like you're going to hold everyone to three and out and three points. And the reality is it's just, it's, it's hard to completely shut people down. Like what do you, how how is what is the key now to being a good defensive team to you? You know, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, our, our guys, our guys, tackling, and our guys getting the ball back. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Is to me, if you watch a good defense, um, are they tackling well? Because it's not just well, I have good players that so can make tackles. Well, guys tackle well when they're in good position, right? Uh, if you're if if you're in a if you're not a good tackling defense, usually you're not a good defense because, number one, yeah, I mean, obviously good players make good defenses. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're in position to make plays and you're in the right position, tackling becomes a lot easier right. because you're, like I said, you're going at the right angle. You know you have help outside you. Um, and it, it just it looks faster. Um, so good defense to me is you're being sound and – Guys are tackling well because they're in the right position, um, and then the same thing. Then you got to get the ball back. Um, one thing, you know, the, the, like you said, the day and age, I think, of hold people three points, it's really, really hard now because when you space everything out, if anybody makes a mistake, it's so easy for that, you know, as opposed to you used to make a mistake and you get a ten yard gain. Right now, it's, it's a mistake's a touchdown. Now. Right. So. Uh, to me, it's all about how well is your team tackle and are they getting the ball back? You you guys, you know, with, with Chenander and, and your guys' style, you're an aggressive defense. What is the – and I don't know how much – sometimes I think it's we, – we sit and watch pl- plays and we think there's blitzes that are happening when maybe it's not necessarily happening. But what what is the key to being a good blitzing team? Like, is it – you just got to have – sure, it helps to have Von Miller and guys, talented dudes – Randy Gregory that can come off and win one-on-one and all that stuff. But like, is there something, cause you got to see that's a part of what you guys are trying to build. What's the key to being a good blitzing team? You know, I, I mean, I mean, obviously some of it's personnel. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the, the key, it just, it's your system in general. I mean, I think it all ties together. Okay. Um, because, because I, you can be a very good blitzing team and not blitz very much. You know what I mean? You know, uh, right. I look back, you know, the, the, the system I came from in uh, the NFL, Tampa 2, we, we were, were not known as a, a blitzing team. But we were pretty good blitzers because we didn't do it very much. Um, you know, and some other teams that maybe 
all the time they're pressuring exotic and yeah you know you think of the rex ryan's of the world and stuff like that that's what they they hung their hat on um and so i don't i don't know if there's a something that makes you a great blitzing team i think just good defense is good defense and you know i mean like i i watched a little bit of the pittsburgh steelers game today and i think the pittsburgh steelers right now are um leading the nfl in blitz percentage and they're one of the best defenses in the nfl well i mean mike tomlin he came from the system i came in uh in tampa bay who didn't blitz at all and now because of the personnel they have and just because uh, uh, of of who they you know are playing against they've become a blitzing team so um it's just doing it's just doing what you do well um and, and to me a blitz is just like in any other defense it's it's knowing exactly where you're supposed to be knowing exactly who you're supposed to cover and when it's time to make a tackle knowing exactly where you're supposed to be at where your help's coming from you're, you're talk to me about colin miller and will honus because you, you got veteran guys in there now like where where have they improved the most? And it's got to feel good when you come into your meeting rooms that you got familiar faces that are familiar with you. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. They just been they, they've been around for a couple of years now. They know exactly what to expect, exactly what I expect. Um, yeah, they've they've been really good, and, and they're they're very good people too. Um, that and that's fun. I mean, it, you know, when when you coach guys that you you genuinely genuinely like, that makes your job really fun. Um, so they, they've been really good and, um, and they've been helpful too, because, you know, they, they are, they're true seniors and, uh, they, uh, they've been able to help the young guys out a lot. You, you guys have had a condensed shortened camp here when you can actually put on pads and all that stuff is, you know, recording this on Sunday night, October 11th, you guys play in 13 days, basically two weeks. How has how the condensed shortened camp, how, how have you guys had to alter the plans because of that in terms of what you're doing day-to-day practice wise. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, cause I was saying earlier, you know, I'm a very routine oriented guy and, and football in general, is very routine oriented all the way from, you know, you say you finish a year or whatever and you're in a bowl game, you know, everybody knows you got your recruiting season, then you got your spring ball, then you got recruiting season, then you got summer conditioning, then you got camp. Well, this year, none of that happened. And, you know, even going into camp, you know, a lot of times, you know, guys have their workouts planned a year in advance, you know, exactly how to peak going into camp for your workouts. Um, and then, you know, you, you're going to know exactly how much hitting you're going to get guys, you know, stuff like that. So it's been a challenge because we haven't been able to plan anything like that. Um, and, you know, where we were, where, you know, the biggest thing for us in this camp is we just had to practice blocking and tackling. Right you know, as much as you possibly can, but you had to keep guys healthy too. So, um, it was a lot, there was a lot of unknowns this year. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think our, the staff did a pretty good job of trying to balance that as much as they could of how much, how much blocking and physical work can we get, but yet right. keep guys uh, as healthy as they can, you know, getting ready for the season. You know, a part of all this too is going to be navigating COVID week to week. You guys have started the daily rapid testing what what types of conversations have you had with the the guys on the team about making good social decisions and all that? Because you know, listen, there's already peer pressure that exists in normal years of like, hey man, don't go out on Friday night. You got a game, you know, don't like. But it used to be that you kind of just f stuff up for you. Now you know, you make a bad yeah. decision, it could really derail not just you but a lot of people. Like I'd imagine those conversations have had to been had with the with the with the dudes. 
Oh yeah, man. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I was 21 once, yeah. and, you know, it, it's not easy uh, as a college kid. Um, you know, that's one of the funnest times of your life to just stay home all the time. Um, but, you know, I think, I think all these guys were very committed and they've honestly, they've been awesome about it. Um, you know, they, they've been very committed to just, you know, basically, like you said, you, you kind of got to be a hermit for right. uh, about three months. I mean, you know, I have no choice because my, my wife won't let me do anything. So I just sit at home all the time anyway. So I said, just look at me, guys. Would be like me. Uh, be like Coach Rude. But Yeah. You know, and the one thing I will say, though, when you are in the season, it, it's it's a lot easier to do that yeah. um, just because you are so busy. Um, but, you know, it, it's a challenge. And it, 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 I feel for those guys because, like you said, you're in college. That's That's a fun time in your life. Um, but it is what it is right now. You know, you got to basically dedicate, you know, two or three months of your life to just, uh, just football. And, um, you know, I think our guys have been really good about that. No fans at the games for, for the big 10 right now. How, how do you, how big of an impact do you think that could have? Cause I, I feel like the first couple of weeks here of watching these other teams play and, and, some, you know, you look at Iowa State or I watch Texas, Oklahoma. They had a lot of people in the stands, but some haven't had really any. Like, I think it's made a little bit of an impact. Like, how do you see it impacting the games? You know, I I, I don't know yet. Um, yeah. I, pl- I played in one game. It was it was, it was the year the, the Vikings, not the Vikings, sorry, the uh, Lions went 0-16. Okay. Um, and we were in the Dome, and there was just hardly, I mean, there were, you know, yeah. when I say nobody there, there was probably 10,000 people in my life. <laughs> but it felt like nobody. 30, right. I don't know. But I still remember the first snap where the, the Lions offense came out, and I heard every word <laughs> everybody was saying. And I, I just thought how weird it was. Right. And, um, but after that, then it just became a game. But I don't know. It, it's, it, it is going to be strange. Now, I've heard, um, I think you're able to pump in crowd noise yeah. okay. on home field if you want to. That makes a difference. Um, but it's it's really going to be I don't know it's honestly an answer I I don't know yet until I see it in person. You know the the schedule I mean it's hard right out the gates right I mean going to Ohio State then Wisconsin and Penn State got a trip to Northwestern too like as I'm sure players you know it is you love like the players got to love it you know like you don't I, I remember as a player I I hate when we had Mississippi Valley State coming it was like golly I don't I mean you know you you like it because of the game but you you the reason you play is to play against good teams so I'm sure the players are excited about it but I guess how do you see the schedule and how it kind of shook out for you? Yeah, I, I think you're out of the money. I think I think you come you come to Nebraska to play those type of games. Um, you know you feel for some of those players because. You know they want to go play those games in, in the environments it's yes. supposed to be played in too. Right. You know when Wisconsin comes to Lincoln, it's always pretty impressive. When we go to, to Ohio State, I mean that's a fun place to go play at. Um, so I think they're really excited for it, um, and, and it's going to be. I mean, it, it. I told our guys, I mean, it, it's it's like it's an NFL schedule right now, where every single game, you know, you might as well, you know, there's going to be some games that aren't obviously like NFL where it's three point dogs or, you know, if you're only <laughs> yeah. a three point nod, but you know, every game you got to show up. And if you don't show up, you could lose. And every game you, you show up and you play well, you can win. And, um, and that's, what's exciting about it is, uh, you know, it, it truly is, uh, when, when it's nothing but big end schedule, um, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a cool year, but you gotta be, you gotta be ready to roll for, uh, eight straight weeks. 
Three three rapid fire questions. You're out of here, Barrett. Give me most improved player on the team. Who's the guy that you feel like from the end of last year till now has made just a really big strides? Uh, let me think here. Um, uh, I would say, um, I think Luke Reimer is okay. one. Yep, my guy. Yep. Um, I think. Um, well, Deontay Williams was hurt all last year, so I'd say he's one. Um, and then I would say combination of Austin Allen and uh, Cam Jurgens. Oh, that's good. I mean, because Cam, I mean, the athleticism's there. You know, like that's uh, that's yeah. That's, he's a great athlete. He really is. He's 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 fun to watch. I mean, he, there's not many offensive linemen that can run like he can. Our our uh, our boy Gordo retired. Uh, that kind of that, I don't know why that you know there's certain things that like hit you and make you feel old. Like he was kind of oh, the yeah. last of our group that was still playing. Like something about him retiring is like, damn, we are officially like it's over for us. You know, like do you have a do you have a Gordo memory like a favorite one or just like uh, some thoughts well, on him at Southeast? The first thing I wanted to say about Gordo, I, I want your thoughts. This is. What is Alex Gordon going to do right now? I, that, that's why I truly have no idea what Alex, what Alex is going to do. Like, I just picture him like, I don't know, just like eating a McDonald's. Just like, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Just sitting there. Just, just, he's got his batting cage probably having somebody throw to him. So he, he's going to go right. He's going to play wiffle ball with like, he's got like a 10 year old. He's just going to be, it's, he's just going to be playing baseball, but it's going to be instead of, <laughs> instead of for the Royals, it's in his backyard with this kid. I'm just hitting bombs. Yes. But uh, no, I mean, Gordo, the it was funny because you know he, I think I did an interview with maybe it was Sip or somebody, yeah. but uh, you know he, there was a uh, they're asking me. He was, yeah, Gordo was kind of known throughout Major League Baseball is like his work ethic, right? And what I was, was kind of funny is like he was like the least hard worker in football and basketball that we had our old team. I mean, football, he just stand there and like I mean, he didn't try it all until the game started. Then he was just that athletic and he was good. And then basketball, he'd be like jumping in the gymnastics pit <laughs> in the middle of practice, and <laughs> our coach couldn't find him. <laughs> Gordo's in the pit. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was—it's it, cool because it, it was almost like shocking when I uh, read about it. You know, when he came back from the uh, minors, and they were talking about his like legendary work ethic. I go, right. "Where was this when he was playing football and basketball?" I didn't quite see that. <laughs> yeah, it just things came. Things came so easy, like because he, he was such a good athlete. Like things came so easy to him on the football field, especially. But man, like he, I tell people, and maybe I'm dead wrong. Like I think that dude could have found a way to been like he could have been a Division One corner or slot receiver. Like he just had it, man. Like that guy when 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 the lights came on and it was time to perform on the football field, he was he was he was nice. Yeah, I, I think he could have been. I, I don't know about DB. I think he could have been a Division One receiver. Yes, because um, he had great hands, natural ball skills, and he was pretty fast. Um, and he's a pretty big, dude, too. Yes. So I mean, he. Uh, I, I think he could have been a Division One receiver for sure. All right, last one. The key for you guys to having a good season is what? Like, what does it does it come down to? Turnover margin? Is it stopping the run? Like. What's the what's this the key for your group? You think? 
everything. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it, there's there's always you know you, you, if you want to look at like numbers, I mean turnovers. You know, you can say that. To me, it just you know there's got to be a certain consistency that they see every single day. Right. I just I, I'm just a big believer in football that if you see if you see your preparation work and all of a sudden it shows on the grass the way it's supposed to show that all of a sudden builds that confidence. And then all of a sudden the belief takes over. Right. I mean, to me, that's what it is. And, and there's, there's no doubt. I mean, if you win the turnover battle, sure, sure. if you don't, you know, if you don't fumble, if you take right, the ball good on away, third you don't, down you don't give that. up certain explosive plays. Right. I mean, those things all go hand in hand, but to me, it's, you know, if they see what they're doing, uh, during the week and, and it shows up on, on game day and they believe it. Right. To me, that's where then, then all of a sudden it, it starts taking over. You know what? That's the perfect answer in all reality because we could sit here and say, well, third down defense, field position, and turn. <laughs> we you know, have it's like, to well, yeah. 64% in this year. <laughs> I've never been that number, guys. <laughs> we need It needs to be first down plus it needs to be you need to win first down. You know, offensively, and it's no, but you're right. Like the guys need to see the results from what the process has been rewarded, and then it's a snowball. Like that's just it. That's how it works, man. Yeah, momentum, momentum takes over in college football. I really, I really think that there is no doubt about it. Barrett Rude, uh, hey, I know you're busy. I appreciate you, and uh, have a good year. Hopefully, we'll catch up maybe at some point in the middle of the year. If not, we'll. Uh, We'll 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 see each other maybe, maybe on a maybe Zoom. Maybe you can walk down the street and see me. <laughs> I'll walk by your house. I'll text you that I'm walk walking by your house way. here, and maybe later this week. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Barrett. All right. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.